Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? We are here for week 13, the final week of your regular season, or at least for most regular season in fantasy football. Matt is with me here today. We are going to recap the Steelers-Ravens game that we saw two days ago that finished off week 12, and then we will preview the entire week 13 NFL slate. And then, of course, at the end of the show, since we did not have an episode yesterday, we will do a little bit talk, a little bit of talk on the Mandalorian from last week's episode. Yeah, we will not talk about today's episode because I have yet to watch it. So you don't want me to give you a full recap? Not yet. No, no. I, I'm, I'm getting ready. You got a couple more hours till the wife gets home, and then we'll be able to watch it. So I am excited for that. It's one of the uh, few things I have to look forward to now since uh, most of my fantasy season shit the bed Wednesday night uh, with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, Baltimore Ravens game on national TV. So, you know, it's uh, always fun that my fantasy seasons were riding in the balance with the Pittsburgh Squealers and the Ratbirds, two teams that I severely hate, and they, they cost me dearly. But you know what? They hated you back this week, apparently. They really did. I mean, it was literally within like four or five points. Like, as I made a joke before we started recording, it seems to be the running theme this year that I just seem to lose very important games by a whopping four to six points every single week. And it uh, was very costly this week. But, you know, I guess I look at the bright side and as I tweeted out, as much as it sucks, I mean, this is the team that I would traded away DeAndre Hopkins and got all those picks. So I'm sitting with like two first three seconds, get Barkley coming back next year, Kittle OBJ. So it's a good team sucks to not be in the running this year, but I guess, you know, it's something I've learned for 20 ish years of being a Browns fan. There's always next year. And so, you know, just, just the bummer part is being close to the playoffs, but not in because then you're like middle of the pack with your draft pick. I feel like, you know, well, actually, I'm not that far off, I guess. I well, this team, this I don't, and I don't know, but I mean, we'll get to we'll get to the preview stuff, guys. I promise. I don't know what for most of my leagues, yes, like I'm in more playoffs than I realize. I don't have many teams that are loaded. I've got a couple that I think mm-hmm. are there's a couple that are sitting there eight and four right now. I have one. That is what nine and two, nine and three, I think nine and three right now. So outside of that, most of mine are all in the middle of like seven and five or the ones that are six and seven. I'm just, there is a couple that technically, even though I'm six and seven, I have a chance to make the playoffs, but I'm not 
I don't think I'm going to like do anything. Even if I do make the playoffs, it's the, the one that I'm talking about right now. It's the biggest one. Cause it's the dynasty league the, that I created with a bunch of my hometown friends here. It's my most competitive one for me. It's the one I want to win every single year. Um, so I'm actually sitting as the fifth pick right now because of the way the standings are, because the other teams who are not better than me, I think the most frustrating part about it is not even the draft pick thing. And I have another person's draft pick that's sitting as the third pick right now. So that helped because I made a trade earlier in the year. It's the fact that I'm sitting at third in scoring by a wide margin over everybody else below me. There's like three of us who all have 15,000 uh, 15, or 1500 points right now in in fantasy and i'm the one who just broke it i was in second uh but the guy who jumped me who's over me by like 80 points now had tyree kill and derrick henry going last week so that's really what helped him kind of jump up above me but that's the part that's frustrating is i was sitting at i think it's when i looked at it earlier it's 1535 and the next closest person is 1450 and they're actually a team that's not even in the playoffs either. And it's like, that's the part that's frustrating is seeing like even losing, you know, I mean, I think it's fair to say Chubb for most of the season lost Barkley in week two Kittle, I think in week four, three or four that he went down. I can't remember exactly when, but he well, went down. got hurt early in the season. Then he came back for a couple of games and they got hurt in the middle of the season. So like maybe six, seven, I don't know. It wasn't, I haven't yeah. had, I haven't had Kittle much either this year. It's been the two games, obviously lost Odell though. I wasn't counting on Odell much. He was a guy who was really just plugging in when Adams was out hurt, who I also have. And so to still end up being third in scoring with all of that going on and then still missing the playoffs is, is very frustrating. That, that I think, is the part that annoys me the most because then I go and I know a couple of guys listen to this, so I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to mention any names, but I look at some of the teams that are in the playoffs and I'm like, my team is so much better than theirs. And it's so frustrating to see that they're going to be in the playoffs. A, and I'm not. So you need to get uh, in a lot of my leagues, the last couple of years, we've had league votes to change it so that the final playoff spot is determined by most points for so yeah. the top five, our record. And then for the sixth, if the person that has the sixth best record has more points than any of the others, then they're fine. But like yeah. last year, it, it makes a difference sometimes. Last year in a 16, I would have qualified personally as the eighth playoff team, and I'm also the league manager. I didn't have better points, so I knocked uh -huh. myself out and put the other guy in. He's like, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, we voted on it. That is the – I yeah. actually kind of – you know, when somebody suggested that a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, you play it out and you, the records and you get in when yeah. you get in. But it does seem more fair because of, you know, if you get somebody's best game every week and have a situation like that where you're third in points and seventh in record, something's yeah. off, you know. So I agree with you, and and I, I get, I guess, this is the one that I've, I complained about all the time about playing with a bunch of dinosaurs. Like, it's playing with guys who have played fantasy football forever. I mean, we, we've all played together since, like, middle school, and th this is the one where it, it took, like, literally, like, I feel like threatening to kill somebody just to get us to add an extra flex spot into this league, to go to a couple IDP spots, because I hate team defenses as well. I, I just... I, I think it's extremely lucky sometimes with the with with the way the scoring goes with those. I don't like team defenses. I prefer IDP just because even if it's only one or two spots, just because you still have to understand the defensive side of the ball. So you're you're not getting like the 
you know, I guess in a way you probably rostered the Steelers defense all year, but like that was one of the things that cost me is, okay, well, you just in a way lucked out because had you had Lamar Jackson and the full Ravens defense or full Ravens offense going Wednesday night, you probably don't get the points out of the Steelers defense you do, which is what in the end ended up costing me the win because you were playing RG3 and then Trace McSorley, which Trace McSorley actually didn't look that bad. But RG3 throws a pick six. He's got a fumble, a bunch of sacks. Like, you expect that when you're going up against a third-string quarterback. Pittsburgh's offense looks so mediocre, too. I think – I we'll talk about it in a second. But, well, first of all, props to Denmark. Um, we saw yeah. that we're, we're big in Denmark. We love you, right. too. Surprisingly, I, I, I was very confused. Uh, I'm going to be plan, planning my vacation sometime soon. Uh, you know, I'll try to wear our, our shirt for our yeah. show, you know, just so that we can be recognized. But, you know, when you have Mike Tomlin coming out saying we look like a JV team. Yeah, and well, I was complaining yeah. about that, too. We, my boss and I we were talking. I I had um, Wednesday afternoons. I have a ton of meetings. We have an all-staff mm-hmm. meeting, and then we have an all-staff supervisor meeting, and they're all online now. And a lot of us are working from home several days because we're supposed to be at 10% capacity right. in offices. So I had it on in the background, you know, sound off. It was the perfect game to be playing in the background with no sound while you were doing other things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was what more frustrating. And I know, unfortunately, Dennis couldn't be with us today. He's got, he's taking care of some stuff with him and his family. So, but he was talking about too, because he was relying on Deontay Johnson. And if you go back and look at, the wide open pass that he dropped on what looked like not a wheel route, but it was kind of like a little hitch route out, out to the outside where he got past the defenders. Like that probably goes for a touchdown, which gets you a ton of points. Like I think without the drops that he had, where he also had another dropped drop, I think on like the five yard line on a slant yeah. that was probably going to go in for a touchdown. I win. Well, Claypool with, dropped with those plays. Brilliant passes too. Yeah, like they had, they it's had just Ebron dropped some some weird ones. Well, then, I don't care about Ebron. Ben, ben with that complete trash interception in the yeah. um, in the end zone. I looked up from whatever I was doing. I'm like, I, how did Ravens get the ball back? And then they show the highlight. And I'm yep. like, good Lord. I think Juju was the only one. You Not know, we talked about him because of the touchdown. motivated to play and stuff. Well, I didn't see him yeah. dropping a bunch of stuff either. He was seemed like he was motivated to try to go because he was one of the first people to be pissed off their game got pulled. Yeah. And he definitely looked like played like it. But yeah, so uh, it's just one of those things to the the playoff thing, because I agree with you. I I think that should be in every league. And so I actually tried to get that in three years ago because the thing that happened to me, the one thing that changed is we used to pay for – we used to pay top four places in this league. It's a a $75 buy-in, so first place, second, third, and fourth all got paid. That year, we switched fourth place to the highest-scoring team because I was the highest-scoring team, and same thing, I missed the playoffs. Like, I just – every week, I played the highest-scoring team, and I ended up finishing with, like, only four wins that year, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't understand. And so I posted that because, like, look, like, I get – you know, I didn't make the playoffs, but my team was phenomenal this year. It's just this. I think we should pay the highest-scoring team at least instead of fourth place because fourth place, I mean, come on. And then I also said the same thing. I was like, I think it should be highest scoring team as the last play spot. And they all just, it was a complete no. Me and my brothers were the, me and my brother were the only ones who have voted to approve that. And so I think even if I were to bring that up again this offseason, it wouldn't happen because I think they're going to be like, oh, you're just saying that because of you. 
And it's only happened twice in our league. And unfortunately, both times it's been my team, which is the frustrating part about it. But it's one of those things where I'm going to be honest in like a week, especially if this other big money league, my redraft one that I do for my work, if I make it in the playoffs there, then I'm really not going to care anymore. I'll just like, whatever time to move on to the off season. But it, it does suck a little bit. Cause I was in the championship last year too. And lost by like, again, it, no, it wasn't six. It was like eight points in that one. But it's just one of those things where I know I have a good team, but at the same time, you can't, you can't ever, you know, assume you're going to get back there. And then with some of my running backs, like Zeke, who just looks like he's going to possibly retire at the end of this year. I don't well, know what to retired. do. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, I had a good team this year and I'm not so sure what it's going to look like in 2021, but that's all right. We have- you know, to add some excitement to the Friday show, I gave my wife my phone because she needed to look at it for her project she's doing. So I don't have it. She asked how, she would be able to get in touch with me while I'm on the show. If I need it, I told her, well, you can always make a comment on Facebook. And now that she knows that she can make comments, I don't know what kind of comments we're going to get. So brace yourselves. Well, I was going to say, at least the good thing is, it seems like our Facebook ones never show up on here. So I don't know if we're even going to get them. That's that's the one thing. Like I go in and I look and I'm like, oh man, people are commenting on Facebook and I, I don't ever see it for some reason. But we talked a bunch about the Steelers Ravens game, so let's go in and actually finish talking about it. Steelers won 19 to 14 in this one. RG3, four points. Uh, Gus Edwards, seven. And of course, it's RG3 and Trace McSorley that unlock Hollywood Brown, not Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Ravens defense did look good. The offense struggled, which we kind of expected. What did you make of Hollywood Brown having one of his best days without Jackson? A coincidence, or is this just due to lack of options? I mean, no Mark Andrews, no Dobbins, no Ingram, no Willie Sneed. Uh, you know, I I think he was probably the best option they had left. And even still, I would say it was kind of a little bit of luck that he got a 77-yard touchdown pass. So you're talking about 13 out of 18 points kind of really coming there. Um, you know, hopefully he's happy he got the ball some more. Nothing really panned out for the Ravens. Uh, Gus Edwards, 10 yards on nine carries. He gets a touchdown, so you end up getting seven points, but that was a pretty pitiful performance. Their offense in general didn't look good. Just when you thought RG3 was kind of running and starting to move, he pulled up with the injury, um, you know, and obviously now on IR. Uh, so they got to hope they get some things back. We know they'll get Dobbins and Ingram back. At least it seems like they're tracking toward Jackson being back. Although it would be interesting to see the Ravens in a must win game against the Cowboys with Trace McSorley versus Andy Dalton. I'd love it. Cause I feel like the Cowboys could win and that'll really, really put a lot of uh, pressure on the Ravens who then play the next Monday night against the Browns, which I think right now is trending toward being a possibly very big game, not just for both those teams, but for the AFC playoff race as well. So, yeah, uh, I'm with you as well. Coincidence. Uh, I mean, he did have a nice little kind of uh, juke on that play to get by the defender to end up scoring the touchdown. You know, some of it, I think, was it it really seemed like they were forcing the ball to him. You know, Willie Steed, who's been their best receiver technically, at least stats-wise, the past couple weeks was out as well due to COVID. So I think it was just more of a lack of options. I mean, they did try to target Des Bryant a couple times. Uh, He just couldn't get the And Devin Duvernay looked like he was the other guy that was actually catching some passes, which, you know, maybe a good sign. They, They drafted him. I think it might be time to give up on Miles Boykin. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, he just doesn't seem to be able to rise above 
if you have Dez, yeah. basically he hasn't played in three years, coming off the street and putting up better well, numbers. The one thing I'll say on Miles Boykin is I'm not, depending on what kind of league you're in, I'm not necessarily giving up on him. Because I think me and Dennis both said this when he came out that we thought Baltimore was not a good landing spot for him and that he's a big red zone threat where I didn't think Lamar was going to use him that way. And it does seem like they're using Dez that way now. They targeted him a couple times. Again, maybe that was because Andrews is out. That was always kind of my biggest fear is Andrews has always been their big uh, – red zone weapon outside of like him rushing or the running back. So maybe if Boykin ends up on another team, but he's not, I mean, I'm not really thinking about Boykin at all. So should I start JK Dobbins or Raheem Mostert? Uh, I would, man, see, I want to say Dobbins, but Ingram and Gus Edwards are probably both involved. I'm starting Dobbins because Mostert and the 49ers were displaced in Arizona playing against the bills. I don't think that's an incredible matchup. Yeah, they're on I Monday think, night too, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and the, I think the cow, you know, Cowboys defense is not all it's cracked up to be. Look at what the running game did. Yeah, well, that's my fear with that is you just I don't know how they're going to use those three, and that's the it's like my immediate thought was Dobbins, but then I'm like, well. We already know Mark Ingram's coming back. They're probably not going to decrease Gus Edwards' carries any any either. So. How much work does Dobbins get? Like, I, I think Dobbins is the better play, but th- those two worry me. Where at least with the Bills, I think the 49ers still have a shot to make the playoffs. I think they're trying to keep it competitive. I mean, the Bills defense is very good, but I don't, man, I'm not gonna lie, that's a very tough one. Look, I'll, I mean, the 49ers I was working have, on my rank, yep, so hang on. Jeff Wilson back, Tevin Coleman's potentially coming back, Jarek McKinnon's there. I mean, they have 95 running backs. That is true too. There we go. I was trying to. I was starting to work on my running back rank. So since we didn't have to have them in yet because of no Thursday night game, so I'm not lighting. It's not promising. Oh, I have Dobbins higher right now. Let me see if I can even find Raheem Mostert. Jeez, did you forget the? Oh, never mind. I take playing? that back. No, no, no. I have Mostert at 13 and Dobbins at 23 right now. So. I'd go Moster based on my rankings. I mean, I let me see the point difference I put for him. So I think Dobbins, I had on here Dobbins with 12.1, so not a huge difference actually because I think Moster I had it 13, 14.2, so only three-point difference really. So it's not that big of a gap. But if you want to go based on my rankings, Hollywood, I went Moster. I mean, I just I think even though Wilson and those guys are back, Bill's defense is good. Again, I look at it more as they need to win and – as much as I love Dobbins, Baltimore just doesn't seem to want to just give him the ball, even though he's clearly looked like the best running back on that team. Um, on Pittsburgh's side here, we were already talking about how kind of a it was just a bad game all around for most of these guys. Ben, 12 points. Benny Snell, 12 points. Juju, 17. Deontay Johnson, 12. Claypool, 11. And Eric E. Braun, 12 points as well. Absolutely, Hollywood. Thank you for the question. Uh, Steelers looked flat, dropping passes. And I wonder how much of that... I know it's obviously they play in Pittsburgh and they play a lot of cold games, but I wonder if it was caused by the delays and just the bad weather as well. Like I I think it was just a, it's just one of those games where it's kind of hard to get up and be ready for something where you're. They looked out of sorts. I mean, it was Wednesday afternoon. Normally if you're doing some kind of practice, I told my friend, when we had it on, I was like, this feels like watching a college bowl game during bowl week. 
that you have a yeah. game coming on and, the and middle, not a good the one of like, a Wednesday. Yeah, like the yeah. Belkin Tostitos Sun Belt. Uh, it was the Motor Rosita City Bowl. Bowl. The yeah, Car Quest Motor City Bowl or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Tomlin called them out. Maybe a little bit of complacency too. When you're facing a team that's missing that many players, they probably thought, hey, we got this kind of in the bag because the Ravens missing a lot of pieces on defense too. Hopefully they'll get it together a little bit. Uh, they have a Monday night game this week against Washington. They'll have to work a little harder. Cali. I was just scrolling through these bowl game names just because they always have so many good. The C- Camellia Bowl, Union Home Mortgage, Gasparilla Bowl, Cure Bowl, Lending Tree Bowl. I just I love it. I love it. Bowl season's almost here, too. Football games on every single day. I cannot wait. It's going to be so nice, and then everything just disappears forever. That's the worst part about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was a bad game. I mean, I'm not even – I'm going to be honest. They came into this game with – we already knew it was going to be cold weather. Look. Baltimore D- team offense and defensively that was beat up. I think, and no, honestly, we talked about it that I think Monday and Tuesday about our thoughts on the game. We both thought that Pittsburgh would get up early and then they would run the ball. And I get that it was somewhat of a close game, but really it was made close at the end of the game when Hollywood Brown got that touchdown. It was 19 to 7 for a long time. Kind of looked like Pittsburgh was controlling it. And yet Big Ben still threw it, was it 50 times? Yeah. 40 times? times like and we talk about it being a bad game all those guys were in double digits so it's not like anyone went out there and just screwed you i think it was more so many people thought with high flying pittsburgh that you know you were going to get some wednesday afternoon miracles yeah and and you just gotta eh. yeah well that's what i was gonna say like i'm not taking much away from this i mean in a game that they should have been running the ball a bunch they still threw it 50 times like this well, is I, the offense for fantasy I don't know if you've watched right Benny Snell uh, run, but I would also throw it a lot of times. He is not I mean, I have, impressive. Yes. Not, a, not a fan. Not a fan yeah. either. All right, so Friday previews. We're going to do this a little bit different this week, guys. Uh, because we don't have our consensus ranks done uh, just due to not having a Thursday night football game, we're just going to kind of talk about the games. We'll still give our picks, talk about certain players, but we're not going to go through and, and give you know all the rankings we have for each player. So – First up on the docket, the nine and two Saints at the four and seven Falcons. Uh, what are you thinking of Kamara with uh, with Hill in this game? His production has slipped the last two games, uh, and what about uh, Thomas and Murray as well? Since so those are really the main guys we're playing for New Orleans. Yeah, so the first week uh, that Taysom Hill started was at home against the Falcons, and that was a pretty good twenty four to nine kind of game. He looked like a decent passer in that game. Uh, only five incompletes, had like 270 yards. Michael Thomas had his best game of the season. Last week in Denver, not a lot of throwing. Consistently, Latavius Murray has been a good play in both of those games. I think if you have Latavius Murray and you need a running back play, he's a running back too or a flex I would stick in there. They seem to be enjoying the power running with Murray. I am a little worried about Kamara. Um we just we have not seen the the kind of RB one production. He's ha- he has one reception for negative two yards in the last two games with Taysom Hill. We're not seeing. It. Will they make an effort to get him involved in the passing game? There's been a lot of discussion about that. I also think there's a lot of pressure on Taysom Hill in this game. 
He's won two games. He's looked okay. He still has never thrown a passing touchdown in his career. (laughs) He has four rushing touchdowns the last couple weeks. I would like to see him throw a passing touchdown. This is really his kind of audition. Um, This is going to be another road game. I would like to see him go back to a little bit more of what we saw in week one, being able to put the ball vertically down the field. I know that pass to Emmanuel Sanders didn't look great, but at least they were trying to threaten down the field. They were throwing slants. They were throwing the balls last week. It was almost like watching a college wishbone offense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I don't think Kamara is going to be great, but you can't sit him. You just can't well, because you obviously there's the chance that something happens here, and he's still a a top running back. You just, I, I, I mean, outside of you having like Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry as well, then okay, yeah, great. Sit Kamara. You'll be fine. But I, I just don't see how you can sit Kamara. Just, you can't expect much out of him in the receiving game. At this point, if you get it, that's great. That's obviously going to get you back to winning your week like he was helping you do earlier. Right now, you can only count on the rushing yards. I feel like one of these games, Murray is going to come up come up and bite us in the ass. I don't think it's going to be this one, though, uh, just no. due to how bad I think Atlanta's defense – how bad this game is going to be, if well, you to be honest. It depends on if you think you're going to get what you saw last week, like a 25-point performance, no. that will no. bite you in the ass. If you're open for – I'm you know, for seven, to, from seven to twelve. I think yeah. that's that's a that's a good range because he seems to be getting a lot of carries. And it could also be when they're winning these games against easier teams. If I had Alvin Kamara, I wouldn't be trying to destroy him against the Falcons in Week 13. I'd be waiting to, I, you know, I'm not going to have him just power running in there in yeah. a game like that. I'm going to wait until I need him. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of what we talked about. Like outside of uh, them obviously playing the Chiefs, which is a big game, we were like, there's no point in doing much of these. They've, I mean, I guess in a way, they still obviously want to win because the Packers are still only one game behind them. And that one seed yeah. getting the bye is still a big deal, but they're winning with them. And it's not mm-hmm. like they've been close games really either. So I'm, I'm still playing Thomas, though, and Taysom Hill as well. I think uh, they're going to continue to rely on him with his legs as well. Now that's a, a big, you know, that's the, the, the Konami code breaker right there. As you could say for, for running quarterbacks, we're not seeing Kyler Murray do it as much right now, Josh Allen. So getting a guy like Taysom Hill is getting you rushing touchdowns and those rushing yards is huge. So I'd continue to play him. Uh, and the one guy on this team, I'm sure people haven't really been playing him anyways lately is cook. Uh, I'm still leaving him off my bench as much as that sucks with, with as bad as tight end is, but they just haven't gotten him involved at all with Taysom Hill being out there. I think he did have that one drop pass near the end zone, but outside of that, uh, you, you can't play him. So Kamara Thomas and, and Murray Hill, I'm with you there. Atlanta, I'm going to be honest, I'm not playing anybody here. So you've got Gurley, who's got the knee. He's technically questionable, as is Julio Jones, but it sounds like neither one of them are likely going to play. Uh, the original Oz is now on IR. You've got uh, and really? Hurst. Hurst was a, with an ankle injury. Yeah. Was a DNP in the middle of the week. He was a DNP on Thursday. He practiced today, and they don't really have him listed. But that would make me nervous. Ridley was limited. You know, still not a hundred percent. Last time they played the Saints, the Saints defense destroyed them. I watched them play Denver last week. Part of Denver's problem was not having a quarterback. Part of Denver's problem was that they were playing a defense that was destroying people. I don't think Atlanta's gotten better at blocking. So for me, Ridley's probably the only one I feel like I'm sticking out there. Yeah, I'm with you. And I I honestly don't think he's going to get you a big week either this week because I think you've got Mal. Is it? My goodness, why can't I remember his name now? 
It's not Malcolm Jenkins. Who am I thinking? Marshawn Lattimore. There we go. Yeah. I was trying to think of you got Marshawn Lattimore, who we've seen can lock down some of the best wide receivers. He's been struggling this year, but he's as we've talked about earlier in the year, this New Orleans Saints offense was horrible. They've been getting better as the season's moved on. I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on Ridley and shadow him, and it it lessens the day he has. I'm not saying they shut him out, but lessens the day he has. But they're going to be blitzing Matt Ryan. I mean, they literally have no one else outside of Hurst to rely on. Uh-huh. And I mean, I will say Hurst. I watched um, I, I watched the video he he did on obviously the the suicide prevention stuff that he had on on Twitter, and I watched some of the interviews he gave earlier this week. I was watching Good Morning Football uh, yesterday. He seems or the way he sounded yesterday it sounds like he's going to play, but I, yeah. I'm still not feeling well, great about firing him up off either. The injury report is good, but to me. Ridley loses some of his appeal or has this season when he hasn't had Julio Jones opposite yeah. him to threaten the defense to pull. Because otherwise, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints play Lattimore and a safety over the top. And yeah. they've been crushing these teams' offensive lines, which is what they did against Atlanta in the first game. And if that's the case, Ryan doesn't even have time to wait for Ridley to try to work himself open. It's not like Russell Gage is going to be pulling a lot of coverage on the other side. Yeah, so that's that's where I would say, and I hate to go all in on this guy, but that's why I would say I, I would almost think Hurst might have a good game because, he, uh, my God, what, Matt Ryan, geez, I was like completely blanking on his name there yeah. for a minute. Matt Ryan will have to dump the ball off to him more than likely. I just I don't think it's going to be a competitive game. I think the Saints are going to kind of run away with this one with this beat up as this Atlanta offense is. And, and I, while their defense has improved, I, I don't think that they can do much to kind of keep the – the New Orleans offense in check. So I'm taking New Orleans here. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think I have Hurst as tight end 14. So if you don't have 14 other options that are better than I'd play him, but really it's it's Ridley for me is the only guy I feel safe firing up. And even then I'm kind of worried about him. All right. Uh, line, four and seven lines at the five and six Bears. We got Swift is still questionable with concussion. Kenny Galladay is out and Matt Stafford, Stafford questionable. Does seem like Swift and Stafford are going to, well, Stafford for sure. Swift, it looks like, is going to play. The last I saw, they are going to have him on a uh, limited snap count, which is obviously not great because most of what I'm reading now is. Not necessarily the concussion, but a I guess he's got some kind of sickness right now as well, which is which is not good. We we saw the comments AP made uh, that Swift has been sluggish and off since the concussion uh, and has not looked like himself. Are you worried about any long term effects right now with Swift and and this concussion? And that's why, honestly, you know, I'm four and seven as Detroit. I just fired my coach and my GM. I'm not playing for this year. DeAndre Swift is a guy I want to have for a while. I would not play him. Yeah. You know, if you have teammates who are coming out and saying, and I don't think AP is saying it because he wants a bigger workload. It's he's at a different point in his career. I think he was genuinely saying, hey, he might have cleared the NFL's concussion protocol, but he doesn't look like he's back to himself. And the way yeah. when he had that concussion materialize, it was in the middle of a week, which we thought was like kind of a weird sign too. And now he's got this illness. Let the guy get right. Let him get strong. The biggest risk to me is putting somebody out there who's not right and gets blown up again or can't really protect themselves in that kind of a position. I would like to see Swift because the last time we saw him, he looked like he was getting into a real groove, looked like he was really coming yeah. on. But also, 
you're thinking about with him 2021, 2022, not 2020. I mean, if the guy doesn't look like he's right and you're going to have to throw him out there, the Bears may not have an incredible offense, but they still have a pretty ferocious defense. I would I would rather roll with AP and carry on and live to fight another day. Yeah, it's one of those things where I don't even know what to think right now. I mean, it's it's one thing where if later in the weekend we find out that Swift is going to play, I'd be hesitant to fire him up because, again, they've already come out and said that they're going to limit some of his work anyway. Sounds like he's going to play, I guess. So, But they're going to limit some of his work. I mean, I would love, obviously, to have, have him play. I need a big win this week, as we were talking about earlier, and he's one of the guys I'd love to count on. I feel like, though, at this point, if there's someone you can possibly use that is more safe, I would use them because I'm just not sure. Of course, I say that, and the Swift's going to go out there and get you 20 points, but I just, I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable putting in my lineup right now with everything that's going on. I mean, this has been almost two weeks now that he's been dealing with this concussion as well, and they're saying still is not really recovered. Like, I don't know, as I'm, I'm, I agree, I agree with you. I don't know why you would just put him out there then if he's not fully 100% when you're not going anywhere. Like I get Daryl Bevel, maybe I guess in a way trying to coach to prove he still wants, still needs to be there, whatever, either offensive coordinator, whatever for the next regime. But I, I don't, I wouldn't do it on Chicago side. Uh, Foles questionable. A Rob, a Rob's the one that worries me. We'll save him for a minute. Mooney questionable. Uh, it seems like they're going to roll with Mitch. I mean, um, yeah. Matt Nagy did come out last week and said, you know, why not keep rolling with him? So, with Matt, with with Mitch Foles being out there, does that matter for you? And I guess let's start. We'll save the wide receivers for a minute. Go Montgomery. Uh, do you think Montgomery will come out strong again? With obviously going up against a poor uh, Lions defense. First of all, I think calling him Mitch Foles and Nick Trubisky wow. is actually the best. Uh, the that best. Is, possible. Yes. I, I is, is, that. is there an incredible difference between the two? No, I, I mean Mitch is Mitch, Mitch. can actually extend plays with his legs. That's about the only difference. And Mitch seems to have eyes for Allen Robinson, which makes us all happy. Uh, I hope it's a good matchup for Montgomery. He looked like he was running strong. They were actually dumping some passes off to him, which is an encouraging sign. But again, as we talked about before, only 11 carries to get to 103 yards. Yeah. That's not exactly, you know, if he only gets 11 carries again, can he break a couple of long ones? Can he, I mean, he could, He's not getting the volume, but I was encouraged by the way he was running and the way effort he was showing. And, uh, you know, he had five for 40 and a touchdown through the air. If he can pick up five for 40 and only get, he still only gets you 60 or 70 yards, it's still a good running back two performance. Um, so hopefully uh, they'll realize that they actually have to run the ball and that running the ball is successful against uh, Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, I mean, again, D- Detroit's defense does not scare me at all, whether it's running the ball. I do think he'll get a little bit more work in the passing game just because they're not using Cordero Patterson for that, and they really don't have anybody else on the roster to help with that. And it does seem like Mitch has always been kind of more willing to dump the ball off. We saw Tariq Cohen have that really great season with Mitch Trubisky, so I think having David Montgomery out there is going to help him with that. So the A-Rob being questionable thing scares me. He popped up today on the injury report with the yep. knee, which is not good at all. Now oh. – haven't heard about how serious it is or anything like that. Obviously, same things I just mentioned with Swift. He's a guy I'm counting on big time in a couple of leagues, so I hope he's going to be okay. 
This is another guy you're going to have to watch closely. Like I, I would almost put him in the same category as Swift right now, and I, I don't know how comfortable I'd feel playing him just because this is so late in the week to get a knee injury and pop up. Now, maybe it's nothing major, but we don't know. They haven't yeah. said anything outside of he's on the injury report with a knee injury. So if, say, Saturday, Sunday it comes out and they say, hey, Rob's going to be fine, he's going to play, I'm probably putting him in my lineups because same thing, it's a great matchup against the secondary. Uh, but outside of that, and with Mitch targeting as much as he does, but if you hear limited snap counts or anything like that, I, 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 well, I'm, I had to say it, I might pivot to somebody else. Yeah, Mooney is questionable too, so it could be a sneaky game for Anthony Miller, who actually seems like he does better with – Trubisky or for Jimmy Graham. Yeah. All right. I am taking who should I take? I think I took I'm gonna Chicago. take the Bears. Yeah. I'm gonna take the Bears as well. All right. Now, now that my coach of the year is no longer available, I don't have to pick you don't have to go to Detroit. I don't have to hopefully pick the Lions with every game. I'm sorry, Dennis. Uh, man, when this game came out early in the year, I was uh, extremely excited about it because it looked like this could be the, the possible first matchup of Burrow and Tua. Mike, now we're probably going to see neither of them. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, it sucks. Uh, so two, the first matchup of Brandon Allen and Ryan Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic yeah. Two eight and one Cincy versus seven and four Dolphins. Uh, I mean, is there anybody on the Bengals you feel good starting? And again, and especially if this is a must-win game with the defense yeah. that's been really good the second half of the season. Well, and we talked about Bernard's getting a lion's share of the work, but he's fallen off. I mean, yeah. you may not have a ton of better options. I would say he's in flex range. Same thing with Boyd. Unfortunately, you know, you don't know. As a, Higgins actually ended up being the better play last week. Yeah. Boyd was better slightly the week before. This the, They don't take the top off, and Miami actually has a good defense and a pretty decent secondary. So I'm probably not playing anyone. I, you know, I have Boyd in a couple of places where I have other receiving options, and I, I put him to the bench unless, of course, Terry McLaren, who also went on to the injury report this week, falls off. Then Boyd, back in the game. I yeah. always believed in you. I'm counting on you, Yeah, like I, I still I, I like Higgins, and I, I talked about it just the way they use him in the red zone. Uh, I'm just not sure how often they're going to get to the red zone in this game. Miami's defense yeah. has been really good, so I'm with you. I, I'm if I'm desperate, Geo, I'd be okay. I shouldn't say okay playing. I would fire him up in a flex just he's because flex, he is. Yeah. yeah, he's getting so much rushing and passing work that. I could see him possibly getting the only touchdown the Bengals score and still with catches and yards might end up giving you a double-digit game, which is what you could probably need out of a flex to win your week. The problem is they have a terrible offensive line, and Joe Burrow's ability was kind of masking that. Brandon Allen does not have a similar ability. Oh, wait, he's not not as good as Joe Burrow? Surprise, surprise. I I was the Brandon Allen train for a couple games last year, and I'm happy to step off. God bless you, Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, he beat the Browns last year, so you know it made it made the Browns look like crap. To be honest with you, he went out there looking like uh, the next coming of John Elway against that defense last year. Him and Noah Fant, I think, had two long touchdowns in that game, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly. So yeah, yeah. Miami here. This is a uh, loaded uh, issues here with injuries. So Malcolm Perry questionable. DeAndre Washington, doubtful. Salvon Ahmed is doubtful. Matt Breida is out to a game time decision. 
they did say that they will take Gaskin possibly coming off the IR down to a game time decision as well. They have to, I think, release it three hours before game time. If he doesn't, the with what we're seeing, Patrick Laird is the dude. Yeah, I mean that would literally probably be it. Because when they say doubtful, Ahmed and Washington, we should expect them not to play. Brita got transferred to the COVID list. Yeah. And Perry, he hasn't been able to practice all week with a with a chest injury. Probably wouldn't be a great choice for a full workload anyway. I know Miami's yeah. done it with no running backs before, but uh, literally Ryan Fitzmagic might be their leading rusher again this week. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I think I think obviously with as bad as this Bengals defense is, Fitzmagic's in for a big game because I think he is going to start. There's obviously a lot yeah. of talk about Tua and, and will he start? I think they're going to give him one more week. I mean. Yeah. You know, we've talked about how you always expect to have that down week out of Fitzpatrick, but we haven't seen it this year. Like his worst game came against the Bills, and he actually didn't have a bad game. It was just the whole team in general had a bad game. So I think Fitzpatrick starts. I think he's going to have a great game passing, and I agree. He's probably going to do a lot of running the ball. Well, yeah. I just I don't know how much I trust Laird. And even if Gaskin comes back off the IR, I, I don't know how – how good he'll be. I mean, this was the same injury we saw with Nick Chubb. He's been on for five, six weeks now. So it's about as long yeah. as Chubb was on the IR. I just, I, I, if Gaskin's out there, I'm not sure I'd fire him up. I, I, I'd still be, I'm playing know, him. Bengals I'm playing defense. Him. Yeah. I'd probably play him as a flex. I'm playing him. And if, if I know Fitz magic is in, I'm playing Parker and Gasecki too. If yeah. it's Tua, I'm playing Parker and, yeah. and just hoping. I, I really think it's going to be Fitzpatrick. Maybe that's just me throwing it out there in the ether and trying to make it possible because with Hurst probably not playing, I need Gesicki big time this well, week. So. so the question is, which we talked about it before, what we don't know is, is Miami seriously trying to make the playoffs? If they are seriously trying to make the playoffs, which some of the talk has indicated they are, then it should be Fitzmagic and you're not really even thinking about it because you yeah. want, you have to win the games you're supposed to win and you are supposed to win this home game. You're in a yeah. tight bunch, uh, you know, in the AFC, the AFC probably more competitive to the wild card than the NFC. You need yeah. to keep winning. You need to build yourself some stuff. They still have another game with, with the bills. They have some other games coming up they need to keep winning so if that's the case you're rolling Fitzmagic. you're not taking a chance with Tua has had ankle injuries now a thumb injury uh, you know that's yeah. last I, I mean, checked I, you need your feet and you need your hands to be yeah. successful as a quarterback I mean I'm with you I, I would we I mean we talked about it when the decision happened it made no sense to us and I think they've got to be in it. I mean, you're seven and four right now. Like I get that you felt felt that you were a year away, but you're here now and you don't know what your team's going to be next year. Like you could say, Oh, we're, we're a building for the future, but what happens if you guys get killed with injuries next year? And all of a sudden you're not in the playoff race again. Like you've got to capitalize on the years you get there. Cause once you get in the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. I, just talking about the Giants and how they still have a shot to make it. I mean, we've seen the Giants wildcard teams go in there and win and go all the way to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl and knock off the undefeated Patriots, which no one thought was possible. Like, you don't know what could happen. I think you've got to keep riding with Fitzpatrick until he gives you that bad game. I'm not expecting it to be this week. I think Miami is going to win this game. Who are you picking? I'm taking the Dolphins. 
All right, next up, the 8-3 and three Browns at the 8-3 and three Titans. Game of the morning. Game of the morning. I know. I'm excited about this, which I, I'm I'm really confused why they moved it to the morning. It was an afternoon game like a week ago. It was a 4-15 time slot last maybe, week. I, maybe because they were looking at, uh, you know, if you looked at the breakdown, they have some marquee kind of playoff matchups that would be the national game of the week in the afternoon. I'm wondering if they move this one up to be one that could be kind of a focal yeah. going to most of the country in the morning. Because if you look at a lot of the morning slate, it's relatively unappealing or relatively lopsided. Uh, you know, when you lost uh, the Pittsburgh game, pulling out Pittsburgh, Washington, the record wise may look like a disparity, but that would have been yeah. probably an appealing um, kind of matchup because of the stakes. So the, the Browns Titans really in the in the first window oh, is yeah. the most appealing, most relevant matchup. Now. I mean, I think it's one of the most. I, I mean, I feel like I'm taking my Browns fandom out of this and saying this. I think it's one of the most yeah. appealing games of the weekend. It's going it's to be an important game for the yeah. AFC too. So uh, for Cleveland side, luckily here, um, fantasy wise, I, I don't know if you're really playing in fantasy, but Kadero Hodge is the only one that's really out right now. Uh, Chubb has been obviously fantastic all year. We saw Landry and Baker got it going last week. What are your thoughts on this offense uh, going up against a Tennessee defense? That I, I looked at it because I was trying to figure out what I thought about this game. Right now, 18th against the run, 25th against the pass. So their defense has not been good at all, but... They still seem to, in these big games, kind of play up for it and play fairly good. I mean, we saw last week, whatever you want to say about the Colts, they're still a fairly good team, and they kept them to 20 points. Yeah, Tennessee's defense has gotten better. I think they were much worse at the beginning of the season. But, you know, I expect Chubb to have a decent game. I think Hunt, uh, it was good to see him get into more practice. He was more limited in the middle of the week. It uh, was more of a concern. Seems like he's going to be on track. The Browns have been at their best when they've been using those two running backs to yeah. power it. It was nice last week to see that they can be successful throwing. And I think <laughs> that given the tight matchup and the fact that they have a secondary that you can go against, um, that I do think Landry and um, Austin Hooper will be a factor in this game. Yeah, I think in all honesty, it's going to come down to Baker in this game. I think obviously, you know, we'll get to Tennessee side here. I, I would imagine you're going to agree with me on this as good as the Browns defense has been where they're still, I think now 12 against the run because of the way James Robinson gashed him last week. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to get his, I, I have no doubt Derrick Henry's probably going to get a hundred plus yards on the ground. I think Chubb's probably going to do the same thing. What's going to be interesting to me is we've seen, what kind of game are we going to get out of Cleveland this week? We've seen when they can keep it close or be ahead, they're almost like Baltimore and that they seem to win those games because they take the air out of the ball. They continue to rush. They continue to pound the ball down the middle. They get Baker to make the plays that he needs to, to keep the chains moving and they win those games. But when they get behind, a la that Baltimore and Pittsburgh game by a couple touchdowns, then they start throwing the ball a ton. Baker starts to get a little bit more frenetic, kind of panicky in the pocket, and it just causes all kinds of issues. I, I do think that they're going to have to rely on Baker in this game because I think the best part of Tennessee's defense is that front seven and stopping the run where you can beat them in the secondary. And I do think Tennessee is going to be able to put up points as well. Ward out, Harrison out on the defensive side. So you're going to have Tannehill who – 
thrives in those play action passes, uh, passing situations is probably going to be able to burn them deep, especially with Brown and Davis with the way they've played this year. So I think it's going to come down to Baker to make a big play here. Will he be able to do it is going to be the question. I'll, I'll, Unfortunately, I'll let you know what I think about that here in a minute. On Tennessee's side here, uh, really the big one, Ir- Irv Smith. John U. Smith is out with the knee injury. Brown's banged up, but it does sound like he is going to play. That being said, again, Denzel Ward, who has been phenomenal this year for the Browns defense and locking down a wide receiver, is out. Uh, so what are you expecting in this one uh, for uh, the, the three big names, really? Corey Davis, Derrick Henry, and A.J. Brown. Yeah, and I think Tennessee's formula has been pounding the ball with Henry, who has some explosive potential. The Browns have actually been pretty good against the run. I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of those games where Henry gets a lot of carries but not a ton of yardage. I don't think it's going to be like what we saw last week where he just obliterated uh, the front. But A.J. Brown has developed into just another kind of level uh, weapon. I think we've seen him go uh, to the level where we thought the potential might be there. They they will put their best coverage on him. I don't know that that's stopping him. He's looked pretty pretty incredible. And then Corey Davis has developed into a great complementary weapon. He may never be what some people had hoped, you know, taking him at the top of rookie drafts a few years ago. I don't know that he is a true number one, but he does seem like a nice number two in a, in a decent offense. And Tannehill yeah. is pretty careful with the ball. I, you know, I think both these teams have a lot to play for and are going to be pretty evenly matched. I think they have some similar strengths and some similar styles, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's the – it's the fun thing to say because I do think Tennessee is a good team that they're actually very similarly matched. And this is, I think going to be a good game. I do not, you know, to use uh Dennis's saying here, it's in the range of outcomes for the Browns to get blown out. Cause then I've seen a lot of people talking about that because of what happened with them against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. But I also think it's fair to say, regardless of how bad Dallas has looked, so far this year in their defense, uh, when they had Dak Prescott on that team, that offense was explosive, and the Browns matched them point for point. And I know they lost Odell, but outside of the one play at the end where he did win them the game, Odell wasn't doing much in that game. They came and they matched the Dallas Cowboys point for point in that game. They beat a good uh, Indianapolis Colts team. I mean, say what you want. They're sitting at 7-4. and four. They're a good team. They have a very good defense. That offense can get clicking. So the Browns have a good couple wins on their resume. I think it's going to be a tight game. It's going to come down to what you just said, Tannehill and Baker, in my opinion, who doesn't turn the ball over and neither one of them have been. I I mentioned, I think on Tuesday's show, Baker, no, I was uh, the Debbie debate show. Actually, we were talking about Baker Mayfield and I think is going to be a big buy low this off season has not thrown an interception since week five. We're in week 12, or where we're going into week 13. He's been really good securing the ball. He's had one fumble, I think, but I think the Browns actually got it back. So he's had no turnovers since week five. He's been phenomenal. I think the Browns are going to win this game, and I I don't say that lightly. I'm not picking that as a, a Browns homer. I think that Stefanski is going to take the air out of this out of the ball. I think that Baker is going to do just enough to win them this game. The the other thing and you can't really point this toward anything and I hate when we say this fantasy wise it's the revenge game narrative, but Baker does kind of play up for some of these games sometimes and and I know he's talked about how personally he took the way that the Tennessee Titans came in there and beat their asses last year. In week 1 they talked a lot of crap and I think 
Baker's kind of always talked about that game didn't sit well with him. I think he's going to play up in this one. I think the Browns come away with the W. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Titans. All right. Next up, the 7-4 Colts at the 4-7 and seven Texans. Really, Colts-wise, I, I mean, Naeem Hines has been phenomenal. I still think he's going to be involved. Could this be a great game for Jonathan Taylor? It's a, it's a great matchup, obviously, with, with going up against the Texans and their bad rush defense. We saw Taylor finally really got involved before the COVID issue. My biggest fear is Frank Reich being old school the way he is. Jonathan Taylor broke the rules by bringing his – or not broke the rules, but he had his girlfriend with him who got COVID, which ended him on the list. And maybe they are a little bitter that they ended up losing that game, not having him out there. Do they hold that against him? Like, I'm firing Taylor up, but I'm honestly a little worried that we might see – more Naheem Hines because yet again, in a big game, Naheem Hines came through for them last week. Yeah, but the Colts are in a position now where they really have to keep winning. Same things that we said about Miami. You're in a tight pack. Uh, they lost the advantage that they had over uh, the Titans. I think they got to keep hard charging. And honestly, part of it for me could be, if not now, it's not happening this season uh, for Jonathan Taylor. Um, this is a prime matchup in a game that they need to win. They will love to to grind out the clock. You know, Rivers was on the uh, injury report most of the week, dealing with a little bit of a toe injury. I also hope it's a little bit of a bounce back for Michael Pittman. Um, you know, Bradley, <laughs> Bradley Roby also got this, <sighs> which means uh, the Texans have a pretty friendly secondary and the only reason i'm saying that they're going to try to pound the ball on the ground is because their passing game is an atrocity so you know hopefully we get a little better game from Pittman. hopefully we get a get better game from taylor i think they're going to need uh, taylor and Pittman if they make it into the playoffs to be explosive yeah. and to have a chance this is the kind of game and this is the kind of spot in the season where you need to start to build them up and build their confidence and build their reps yeah i'm with you on Pittman. obviously i mean uh... It's been great. Uh, they still targeted him a bunch last week. He just couldn't get any catches. So I, I do think Pittman could, especially with you mentioning Roby being out. Speaking of other players being out for the Texans, Fuller, Stills, Cobb, and is David Johnson been ruled out for sure? He had to miss three games. This would be the third he went on. Oh, gotcha. I thought they were saying he could come back this week. So, and no David Johnson. This would be the third game, right? Because I thought, no, because they put him on right before that other game. So that should have counted. I think he can come back this week. I might be wrong, but I'm almost positive he can come back. Just about the time I was about to say I'm almost back on the Duke Johnson train. You have to throw that Well, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Outside of Deshaun Watson – oh, no, I take it back. Deshaun Watson and Jordan Akins, I think – I'm playing Jordan Akins at tight end. I have him high in my ranks this week. Outside of those two, I am avoiding every single Texan possible because I do not think this is going to be a good game. Uh, Well, it definitely could not be a good game. Let's see. It says they designated David Johnson to return. I thought that he, this was the third, the third game. Speaking Thursday, said he looked great, resumed practicing on Wednesday. So it does sound like they're thinking about Johnson's status will be updated no later than Friday afternoon. It's Friday night and they have not updated his status. So, you know. That's a good. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a good sign, but it does say he was designated to return. Would be so if he came back, he's an RB two. I think for me, 
we saw Duke finally get involved in the passing game last week. And while I think Kiki Kuti benefits and I'm with Dennis, I would like to see what Isaiah Coulter can do. And we'll probably see him be out there. I am also with you in that I'm not really trusting any of those. And I'm not really high on Brandon cooks, to be honest, because the Colts defense isn't too bad and they've done work to improve the secondary. And literally you went from the one thing you could say is they may not have had any superstars in Houston, but they had three or four guys that could threaten the defense. And now they have one guy that can yeah. threaten the defense. So cooks is going to probably have 27 people on him at all times until you can get Kuti or a Coulter or the, the tight end to do something. Uh, I, so whether it's David Johnson or Duke Johnson, I think running back might be worth a decent play. I am taking uh, the Colts in this one. How about yourself? Yes, definitely taking the Colts. All right. The six and five Raiders at the O and 11 Jets. Uh, Josh Jacobs is out. Fire up Devontae Booker. I think he's yep. going to be good. I mean, we've been talking about in the past couple of weeks that he, he and outside of last week, which I think the whole Raiders offense fell apart. He's yep. kind of been giving you flex value, even with Jacobs being out there. Now he's going to be the guy because I'm pretty sure I know Richard practiced, but there's a chance he might miss the game as well. So it could be all Devontae Booker and Booker and Waller for me. The Jets are atrocious. I, I think if you're desperate, I'd st- well, you have to wait because I think he's questionable as well on Aguilar. If if he can play, I'd no, fire him he up. Pra- he practiced against Okay, me. He was limited uh, with, a, with an ankle, but it looks like he's doing okay. So if, if you're desperate for a possible, like, I would say a little bit better than a dart mm-hmm. throw because he's been good all year, kind of had a bad couple weeks. I think against this bad secondary, Aguilar could have a big game here. But it's definitely, sure. if you want to start two guys that are going to be good, it's Waller and Booker, and that's it. Or you know will be good at least. If you need a miracle, I could almost see this being one where they put one up to rugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Is he it, looked good last week. He got involved last week. The Jets don't have a lot going on on the defensive side of the ball, and Greg Williams does like to blitz, uh, which often leaves you with some exposed coverages. Yeah, I know Derek Carr uh, had a rough day last week, but I have to imagine he'll be better this week. Yeah, so well, man, never know. Maybe this is the one that the Jets win. You never know. Rages fell apart last year. Looks Trevor like Lawrence is praying for that right now. So, yeah, oh yeah, I'd much rather go to Jacksonville as well. Uh, Jets, any Jets? I mean, Frank Gore. I mean, the 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 Raiders are horrible against the run, and we know Adam Gates was out there just no. talking about how great Frank Gore looks. He looks like he's twenty one again, and he's going to get all the carries, and he's just looking amazing. So, no, still honestly, nothing. if I don't have a better option than Frank Gore, I don't deserve to be in the playoffs. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never no. know. I'm, if you really need a desperate flex situation, I'm firing up Frank Gore. He could get you 12 points, and that's, you know, again, I'm talking bottom of the barrel, though. And you know what? Some of us are sitting at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> well, I'd have, players, I'd have so. to take a shower afterward after you put him in your lineup. Hey, as long as I'm winning, I'll, I'll happily I'll dance in the shower as I, Frank Gore is taking me to the playoffs, baby. That's all I care about at this point. Uh, I am taking the Raiders, though, to win this game. I don't think they continue their, their fall backwards. Honestly, if the Raiders lose this game, they're out of the playoffs, so yeah. there's no way. Next up, the 1-10 and 10 Jags at the 5-6 and six Vikings. Conley is questionable with a hip. Uh, Glennon is going again this week. Chark was removed from the injury report, so he is finally good to go. Uh, what are you expecting from him with this match? Uh, not match, but the pairing with Glennon. 
Against a bad secondary as well. Great game for him to come back. Yeah, Glennon didn't look too bad passing last week. And again, they had very little receivers. So I I think Mike Glennon, um, he may not know a ton, but he knows that he needs to throw the ball to DJ Chark, uh, especially when playing the Vikings. Um, So I think it's going to be a good week. I'm firing them up. Yeah, so am I. I think, again, I, I still think some of Glennon's success was just a how bad the Browns' defense was. But guess what? They're playing against a worse defense in the Minnesota Vikings, so but, Glennon should no, have a good if, game. If the pattern holds, though, Glennon played very well and looked good in his first game for Jaguars, and this week he'll remind us why no one should no, be. No, no, don't say that. Let's let let's save that for next week because I need Chark to be good this week. Uh but I'm yeah, I'm firing up Chark because Chark and Robinson are about the only ones. I'm- yeah, that's all they have. I mean, I'm not trust I mean Chenault looked actually pretty good last week against the Browns. He got ahead mm-hmm. a decent day. So if you're playing Mike Glennon even in Superflex, you should yeah. not be in the playoffs. Uh, you know, again, I'll I'll say debatable. Yeah. On uh, Minnesota side, we've got Herb Smith is out again with the back injury. Thielen is back, and the Vikings are technically still in the playoff race. Jacksonville, we saw. Actually, looked- not just technically still in. I have changed my mind. Vikings are in. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, they looked uh, good last week against uh, – wait, I'm sorry. What am well, I thinking? Oh, sorry. They yeah, made the Browns look. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking. I was trying to. I was trying to remember why I was thinking in my head about the Browns. The Jags' oh, yeah. defense made the Browns' offense look phenomenal last week. Now, I do oh. think Dalvin Cook is the big play here with what we saw out of Chubb and Hunt last week. But we've seen the way Kirk Cousins gets the ball I down have the not field. Lost my love in Thielen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm about to say. Back. Thielen, Thielen and Jefferson are in for sure for me as well. I if think this Jarvis is going Landry to be a great game get 147 yards and 12 catches and a touchdown after looking like he was clinically dead. Yeah, I feel like Adam Thielen, the NFL's leader in touchdown receptions prior to last week, he can get it done. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. With you. I'm firing him and Jefferson up as well. Uh, yeah. Might even throw Kyle Rudolph in there a little bit. You know, who knows? All he's got to do is Kirk Cousins always talks about how much he loves looking for him in the red zone. It hurts Adam Thielen a little bit, but he could get you that one touchdown. And I mean, at this point, that's all you need from your tight ends uh, is just six Cook, points. I think Cook will be fine, and I, I'm not not playing him, but he has yeah. been limited all week with an ankle injury, which is the reason people were talking about going and scooping up Alexander Madison. So I wouldn't be surprised against a defense that you can throw against that maybe they throw a little bit, try to get up, uh, get up big, and then we see a little bit more Madison to save. Again, if you think that you can make the playoffs, and I, God help me, now think that the Vikings can make the playoffs – you will need Dalvin Cook later in the season. Yeah, I so I am taking uh, the Vikings in this one. What about you? I'm taking Captain Captain Clutch. All right, I like it. Like you're coming around, Cap, coming around on Captain Clutch. The seven and four Rams at the six and five Cardinals. Massive game for both of these teams here. So no real injuries here for the Rams outside of Wentworth, obviously. And Goff has struggled with Wentworth being out. Uh, I'm sorry, Whitworth, not Wentworth. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Whitworth. Whit- Whitworth, yeah. uh, uh, Whitworth Miller, yeah, can uh, can he get right here? And your thoughts on Acres moving forward? Although it is fitting to think about Goff having to make a prison break because that's a little I bit know, right? that offensive line has yeah. has been like uh, Arizona's defense isn't terrible. They have at times 
looked okay. Um, but I think I, I think he'll be okay here. Um, you know, I still like Woodson Cup. Uh, and I think Goff, he got called out a little bit by his coach last week. Um, yeah. I, would, I would think that's going to motivate him a little bit. Running backs, it's really tough to feel good about playing any of them. They do seem committed to playing all three every week in some fashion, which is just a nightmare. I know what you were saying about Akers having not a huge snap share last week, but he looked yeah. He looked so much more productive there at the end of the game. I don't think Darrell Henderson goes away or Malcolm Brown goes away, but I liked what I saw from Akers, and if I'm putting one of them in a flex, I, I'm leaning that way. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, he only had 17 carries compared to the other two, but he did the most with those, with by far the less amount of carries. So I'm with you. I think Akers is a guy that I wouldn't feel bad throwing in the flex, and we'll see with Goff. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. It's going to be, in my opinion, something fun to look at in the offseason. I think Goff is kind of um, on a ticking clock now at this point. With with the quarterback classes you have coming out the next couple of years, I, I think he I might. I think his contract hard. precludes that. I'll look it up while you start talking about Arizona. Okay, as was, I thought that his was a little bit different than Wentz's and that they could get out of it earlier, but I could be wrong. Uh, the Cardinals have obviously lost two straight here. Uh, is this a make-or-break game for them? Do they get it right? No real injuries here. Uh, I do. I, I'm actually, I'll just say we're not picking Arizona to win this game. Uh, Kyler Murray, it seems like it's finally healthy. They pulled him off the injury report earlier this week, so maybe the shoulder's finally feeling better. Might be why he hasn't been running as much uh, lately. I am a little bit worried. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins has a huge game here. Now, we talked about this a week ago that uh, he's got a bunch of tough matchups the next couple of weeks. And I went back and looked at it. And I think um, as I was talking about the matchups he had, it was Ryan McDowell, I think, tweeted it out. And I wish I would have looked it up before I got to this point because I probably won't be able to find it very quickly. Here we go. So right after the bye week, here is DeAndre Hopkins' wide receiver finishes every single week. Did you see this tweet? No, I just saw Jared Goff's dead cat. How much is it? Jared Goff's dead cap in 2021 would be 65.5 million, and in uh -huh. 2022 would be 30.9 million. Uh, in 2023 would be 8.6 million, and then so, 24 1.8 million. This year, his dead cap would have been 94 million. So it's it's just like the Wentz one. Then 2023 Actually, is the earliest works. you can get out. Well, no, like yeah, yeah cap wise, but no. I'm talking about like the earliest you can get out is 23. Yeah. I don't think any team can afford a $65.5 million cap. Yeah. It's just my personal feeling. All right. So, on well, so the one thing I will say on that, though, before I, I get to that, I'll save it. Actually, I'll do the Arizona thing so we can wrap that up, and then I'll, I'll talk about the contract. Wide receiver 73, mm -hmm. wide receiver 2, but he was actually wide receiver 23 until the Hale Murray, then wide receiver 42, and then wide receiver 39 last week, like, Hopkins yeah. has not been great. Now, again, I'm not trying to say Hopkins is still a top receiver. Well, I think he's had because, tough matchups. He's had tough matchups, and also, and that's not going to be any better this week where he gets Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's also, I think, somewhat the inconsistency of Kyler Murray, who's still growing and still learning, but the inconsistency of Christian Kirk, who some weeks we've been like, oh, maybe he could be a wide receiver too. Yeah. And some weeks it's been like, Oh, maybe Andy Isabella should get more snaps. Yeah, yeah, and again, I, I could, I could see that 
Maybe the shoulder injury is part of the reason as well. Like I said, I do think that's part of the reason why Murray hasn't been running as much because he doesn't want to get any more banged up. So we'll see. But Ramsey's tough matchup. You still got to play Hopkins. All it takes, just like with that Hail Murray, is a nice long touchdown and he gets you a good week. But I'm a little bit worried about him. With the exception of that Hail Murray, they haven't been able to win any games. You know, they're six and five. They could actually be five and six right now if they hadn't. And to me, this is a must win. If Arizona loses this game, I think they're going to struggle to be over 500. Yeah. Uh, so what else to say on the contract thing? Or I'm picking Arizona. What about you? I'm picking Arizona too. So the one thing I was going to say about the contracting, I was I was thinking more about this the other day because I I still don't think that either one of these I, I take that back I don't think the Eagles will move on from Wentz I could see the Rams moving on from Golf but not as in cutting him I get that the contracts a lot but say not this year obviously because they're not going to be high enough in the in the the draft but next year there's a lot of talk again same thing there's going to be five or six quarterbacks coming out that could be very good. If the Rams draft one, as crazy as I think it would be, if one of them ends up being good, say, in preseason, offseason stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if they just moved off to the bench. Like, I understand you're having some dude sit on your bench and you're paying him whatever, 80, 90 million, but you're also not paying that quarterback you just drafted any money because he's on a rookie contract. So in the end, it doesn't hurt you. Then you can ride out to the 2023 season then cut him for the 8 million cap it if you just want to get out that quickly. So... I still think golf is kind of on a, a short timetable. I, I would be, if I have him in a dynasty, I would be hoping that he kind of does good the past couple, next couple mm-hmm. of weeks and rebuild some of his stock. And then I would try and move him because I just, we've seen the way this offense works when he's playing good. And we just haven't seen him really play good outside that first year. And I wonder if they're finally just going to try and get a quarterback that, McVay thinks fits his system better because he had to come in and take over with golf. He did not get to pick the quarterback. Well, and the Rams are just in such cap hell in general. Yeah. I mean, they really, they have a lot of issues. Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. All right. So the four and seven giants at the eight and three Seahawks, Daniel Jones is doubtful in this one with the hamstring. Though I will say there's been a lot of talk that he could possibly be back by next week. So that is big if you've been riding him in your dynasty leagues because he, he's he been really good. Possibly getting him back next week is good, but it looks like he's not going to play this week, which means you got Colts McCoy out there, you know, the old gunslinger from UT going up against a bad Seattle defense. Are you expecting him to be able to do anything? Uh, I'm playing Wayne Gallman uh, and hoping I get some of that touchdown magic. I'm probably still playing Evan Ingram. Uh, because of the tight end position and because he's looking pretty good. But, you know, Seattle has been developing a pass rush. The Giants have been developing no offensive line for years now, uh, and they're very good at it. Yeah. Uh, Also, if you've been riding Daniel Jones in your dynasty league, you can easily ride Colt McCoy to that number one pick. You don't have to just ride Daniel Jones to the number one. (laughs) You know, it's been good the past couple weeks. Colt can get you there. Uh, I do not think this will be a very – uh, fun game for Giants. No, yeah, I don't either, which sucks because they look like they had a chance to win this division, and I, I think a loss here is going to kind of set them. Although, Although I think it, it's going to come down to them and Washington. Like anyone in the yeah, going to win this probably going to lose this week, too. looks like the best team, but they're playing Pittsburgh. Yeah. So. Uh, on Seattle's side, Homer is doubtful. Hyde is now questionable, and I believe Chris Carson is banged up as well. So what's new with all the yeah, running backs Carson being injured? actually off the uh, – he got off, in the okay. practice, so optimism there. 
Uh, obviously, you're playing Lockett, Metcalf, Wilson. What are you doing, though, with the running back positions? You, I mean, Carson obviously is there, but you expect anything? So one thing that worries me about Carson maybe was because he just came off the injury list. I out-snapped him last week. Yeah, I think they were still – well, Carson got nicked up early in that game. That was the reason that they ended up having to ride high. Uh, I like I like Carson when he's on the field. Let's hope he can stay on the field. I don't think uh, any of us in a crucial week 13 are nutting up to play DJ Dallas on the off chance that he gets a bunch of run. You know, I like him as a prospect, but to me it's Carson. Yeah, um, you're just playing your guys here. Giants, though, again, I keep saying it, and I'll continue to say it. Have a better defense than people give them credit for. I think those guys are going to be just fine. They're going to win this game. I'm taking Seattle. So Taking Seattle also. 3-7-1 Three seven and one Eagles at the eight and three Packers. Uh, Ertz is questionable. I believe they designated him to return. I don't know if I he... think he's off the IR is he? now. Okay, because they've been including him on regular practice reports, which you only usually see. Like I'm not seeing Gaskin on the regular injury practice report because he's technically still on IR. Gotcha. Okay. So with Ertz then probably coming back this week, does that make a difference for you at all? Like I'm I'm avoiding everything. <laughs> It's just too enigmatic, you know, can they figure Carson Wentz out? I, you actually technically seem to do better against Green Bay's defense when you're running. Yeah. Will Doug Peterson actually give Miles Sanders enough carries to make a difference? That I don't know. Philly, their problem is the offensive line that hasn't gone away. So I don't know how good I feel about any, you know, some of them are plays. Ertz and Goddard are in consideration as plays. Sanders' consideration as a play. None of them are, like, top of the heap for me. Yeah, I think you have to play Goddard. He's still been good. Even even if Ertz comes back, I still think he might be a little banged up. So I'm riding Goddard at least one more week as probably the tight end one for Philly. You know, you have to play Sanders, and I, I think he's got a smash matchup. He could easily be a top three running back as if – they just gave him the ball like you just mentioned, and that's the worst part of it. We've seen that's the way you beat Green Bay, but they refused to give him the ball last week against a Seattle team that, while they're better against the run, they still are not one of the better teams. Like You can beat them on the ground, and they still refuse to give him the ball then. So I don't know if they'll give him the ball, but you've got to fire Sorry, I had to sneeze. No. Uh, Green Bay's side here, I mean, they've been cooking <laughs> – been one of the best teams all season long. I think Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams watched that footage of Darius Slay last week, and they thought, we can do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Adams. Adams, book it. 12 catches, 160 yards, three touchdowns. Like, this is – that when they played each other, I think it was last year, he had – it was like over 100-something yards in the first half before he got the toe injury. He got that turf toe. I'm just it waiting was, for Jim Schwartz to come out pregame – find yeah. Devontae and be like, hey, you know, I watched Jerry Rice on film. Yeah. You're not quite Jerry Rice. And then we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be smash game for him. Outside of uh, outside of Adams and Aaron Jones, Rogers, who you're all playing, uh, Tunyon, tight end, you, you, you throwing him in there? <sighs> he definitely could. I mean, he, he seems to be kind of the most consistent second receiver play. Lazard's been a little bit banged up. Equinemius St. Brown a little bit banged up. Marcus Valdez-Scantling a little bit banged up. One of them could have a, a good game. It's tough to bet on. The other one that I, I kind of like is Williams because they've been mixing Jamal Williams in yeah. as a runner and a receiver. I would 
I honestly would feel a little bit better if we saw a bigger workload for Aaron Jones, which we have not seen in, it feels like, half a season now. I w- I'm starting to get a little nervous. Yeah, I'm wondering. I, I hope it's just something where they're just trying to save him for the playoffs some because I, I don't know what else could be the issue. Um, I would say I'd feel kind of comfortable firing up Lazard in this one. I know um, – a lot of people, a lot of people like MVS, but again, Lazard was targeted more last week in his first game back. We saw him get the touchdown. I do think that obviously they're going to shift their attention to Adams, so Lazard might be the guy who gets open more often against the other side of that Eagles defense, which I don't even know who it is because they've been so bad. Uh, so Lazard, I'd feel comfortable firing up as well uh, in this one. And I am taking the Packers. What about yeah. yourself? Taking Cam- the Packers. All right, the five and six Patriots at the three and eight Chargers. Cam Newton's questionable, but it obviously looks like he is going to play. Uh, can the Patriots do enough to get back in the playoff race? There's technically still in the hunt right there, just outside. I believe what one game yeah. back or two games, two games back at that last spot. I think they're going to hang around. You know, I think they'd probably be a nine and seven team and be kind of in it till the end. Um, they have some winnable games. Uh, and they seem to be doing just enough. At the same time, I'm not really excited about playing anyone on the Patriots. Yeah. But they seem to find a way. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to fire up Damian Harris because the Chargers can get beat on the ground, but if he doesn't get you a touchdown, he's going to get you like eight points. So I just – I don't – I don't feel great about it. I'm with you. I, I don't uh, – Jacoby Myers has kind of – Falling off a little bit the past couple of weeks, and the Chargers have a decent secondary. So I'm probably I'm with you. I'm kind of I don't even know if I feel comfortable playing Cam. To be honest with you, he has not been great. I mean, even though they won last week, I think he got three points. So I know they'll they'll fi- I feel like they're going to find a way to win. I'm picking the Patriots, but I don't feel good about playing any of their options. Yeah. Uh, on the Chargers side here, Balazs is questionable with the ankle injury. Uh, with Herbert and Allen going strong, look like one of the, in all honesty, one of the best duos in, in the league quarterback wide receiver wise. Austin Eckler back had the huge game last week. Uh, are you expecting them to possibly surge and maybe even win some games here toward the end of the season? They could. They're a tough team because offensively, you'd think that they would have a better record than this. I don't know if it's coaching. You know, I like Anthony Lynn but he doesn't seem to be able to win these close games. They lose almost all their games last year and this year have been super close losses, and you've had different people rotating in there. I like them. They're a fun team to watch. Um, you know, They could be a team that could be sneaky down the stretch and end up getting into that 6-7 to seven win range, or it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up going 4-12. and 12. Yeah, it it sucks. I, I honestly think as as much as I hate to say this, because I like Anthony Lynn, I kind of feel like he's not going to be back next year with the way that they've. I mean, the way they lost like those four straight games, being up double digit points. This they could be completely different right now. I mean, they could easily be a seven and four team right now had they just what held on to those leads. So as much as I hate to say this, because I do like Lynn, I don't think he's going to be back. Uh, I think I'm going to pick the Chargers to win this game, actually. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Patriots. All right. Next up, the 4-7 and seven Broncos at the 10-1 and one Chiefs. Lindsey is questionable with the knee injury. Judy questionable with the ankle injury. Drew Locke is back. Can the Broncos keep up with the Chiefs or keep within like 12, 14 points of the Chiefs? <sighs> no. 
I there's nothing that I've seen that indicates that they start playing football before the fourth quarter on offense. And yeah. I need to see Locke take a lot of steps forward. He has played the Chiefs twice in his career and looked bad both times. Uh, are you firing up Fant? I mean, he seems to be the only one that I would feel good firing <laughs> up on that team. Yeah, and probably Melvin Gordon. I on, think there's a chance Lindsay misses. Yeah. On KC's side here, so you've got uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, questionable with the illness. You've got, obviously, you're playing Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes. Do you feel confident starting anyone else, though, on the Chiefs? No, because Denver has a pretty good defense, and they've had uh, some some good pass rush. Um, and I think if the, there's a temptation if Ceh sits, that you're like, well, maybe play Le'Veon Bell. I, yeah. you know, I'm not so sure. Denver's actually been pretty good against the run. Shelby Harris uh, is back. Uh, got came back off the COVID list, so uh, I feel like you know. Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, I feel confident in. Somebody else may have a nice game, but I don't feel confident rolling the dice in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. For me, it's just those three, and I'm not really – I don't feel comfortable playing anybody else. I am taking Kansas City. What about yourself? Yep, taking the Chiefs. All right, so. next up, the first Monday Night Football game of the doubleheader, the 4-7 and seven Washington football team at the 11-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Terry McLaurin questionable with an injury. This is obviously a big test for Washington. Uh, they are still in the playoff race. What are you expecting from Alex Smith? And, uh, I mean, really, it's really the four guys here, right? I, I don't know if you're playing Smith, but you need Smith to be good to help out Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, and Logan Thomas. Yeah, and I am worried McLaren's another one of those late ads went onto the injury report today. Um, so I think that bears watching. Hopefully – he plays in that game. If he plays, I'm playing him and Gibson. I'm actually not playing um, McKissick this week because we've seen kind of his volume come down a little bit and Pittsburgh's a tough matchup. I'm, I'm fading Gibson down a little bit. I think there's a tendency the last time we saw him was just a phenomenal game. Nobody does that to Pittsburgh and Washington's not going to do that to Pittsburgh either. Yeah. Yeah. I think, the only reason I'm, I don't think Gibson does anything close to that, but I, I'm with you on fading McKissick. We McKissick, we've actually seen the past couple of weeks where when Alex Smith first started, McKissick was out there a lot, getting a lot of the passing work. They've started to move Antonio Gibson into that role, so I could see him getting some of the passing down work, which could be key with them being down in this game. But I'm with you; he's not putting up a 30 point game. I don't even expect him to put up like a 20 point game. It's probably going to be a 12 to 15 range, depending on if he gets a touchdown. Uh, for Pittsburgh side here, obviously we talked about it earlier in the show. They looked flat on Wednesday. Um, you know, it's, it may sound easy to say they get back on track this week against Washington, but Washington has a really good defense, both up front and the number one rated pass defense. So what do you think Pittsburgh can do, uh, in this game Monday night? Yeah. And it looks like Connor's going to miss again. Um, not going to be able to come off. So the Big Ben throwing it 50 times again. Let's go. Well, Ben is better at home. And yeah. throwing it 50 times wouldn't be that big of a surprise. Again, I've seen Benny Snell play. I, I would vote to throw it. Washington has a decent secondary. Pittsburgh has four really great passing options yeah. and two or three other passing options that, that can get out there. I mean, as we saw in that game against Baltimore, James Washington ends up giving you the big clutch reception, yeah. which I know 
uh, crushed the hopes and dreams of both you, you, me, and Dennis, uh, who who had some combination of Johnson, Claypool, and Schuster that we were looking yeah. for getting that uh, reception. So I, I think Pittsburgh wins at home. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I could see him getting in the twenty-four to thirty point range and winning by, you know, seven to ten points. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. You have to play these guys. Like you're not. As much as it sucked, obviously seeing Deontay, and I'm not even really that upset about the Claypool thing. I just I think Claypool is a little bit more boomer bust than than in my opinion Deontay is. Now I've been on the Deontay train for a while now, but he's the one who gets targeted the most. You can't expect him to get 20 points every single week. As much as I'd love it, it's not going to happen every single week. Uh, and as we mentioned, Juju's been on fire recently. He's been the guy who's been really good. So if I had yeah. to pick one or two, I think those would be the ones that I'd lean to is Juju or Deontay like having a big game. He's here. playing like he's a guy in a contract here. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I'm, well, he's playing for somebody else's contracts. I don't think, he, especially with the way Claypool stepped up this year, I'd be surprised if Juju comes back uh, to Pittsburgh with the way they really don't seem to pay their wide receivers. Uh, I am picking Pittsburgh to win. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm picking Pittsburgh. Uh, and the news that just came across the wire here, Darnell Mooney is expected to play. So that does help him out, at least if A-Rob is out. Mooney might be a guy that you could uh, you could fire up. Bills 8-3 and three at the 5-6 and six 49ers. Uh, the Bills running game looked strong last week with Singletary and Moss. Do, they, do you think they get it going again? Yeah, I think they are going to try to try to get those guys involved. You need to be more than a one-dimensional team to be uh, a competitive team in the playoffs. That being said, I don't think they're going to abandon the passing game. The 49ers defense isn't what it was uh, thanks to injuries, but they aren't too bad either. They, yeah. they stifled the Rams' attempts to run pretty good last week for a lot of the game. Yeah, I, I would – I feel like I'd feel more – Singletary has looked better the past couple of weeks, so I feel a little bit more comfortable throwing him out there. Still don't feel great about either one of them. They're flex yeah. options for me, though. I, I can't – You can't count on either of them to be a, yeah. a, a goal line option. Yeah. And that's hey, the problem. Which, I'm fine with that because I had I roster Allen in a lot of places. I'm fine with him being the goal line option. Yeah, I mean, that's good for Allen. It just – it's tough. Yeah, it sucks for them. Uh, John Brown on the IR, we saw – Obviously a good game out of Gabe Davis last week. Do you think that continues this week? Yeah, I do like I, I do like Davis. We've seen him step up even when John Brown's been in the lineup. Yeah. Um, he was their best receiver last week. Um, and the, the 49ers don't have a – they don't have a bad secondary, but they don't have a secondary that scares you. I also think uh, we'll probably see Diggs get going again. Yeah, uh, the Bears probably really want to get a win because they have to go right back to Arizona where they had the Hale Murray against them the last time they were there. Uh, yeah. Because I, I think that's going to hamper the 49ers a little bit too. It's tough getting displaced, uh, new practice, you know, your home in a place that is typically where you go to play your division rival. Yeah. And I mean, I, I was going to bring that up because I saw a picture of Kyle Shanahan who almost looked like defeated. Uh, the oh. picture they had, they posted him with them moving There's everything out. He's just kind of sitting to a season where they can't keep any of their players on it. They, yeah, he honestly should be in the coach of the year discussion again because being five and six and still being in the playoff picture, considering the, I mean, there were weeks where we couldn't name the running back who was going to be playing for them. It, they took next man up to just like the next level. You know, they had people you didn't ever hear of or 
thought were well out of football, like Kevin White playing receiver for them. They've had huge defensive injuries. They lost their quarterback. They lost Kittle. I mean, and the fact that they've kept playing and kept playing hard, and now basically they're no bats. Yeah, and it sucks for them, too, because of that. I mean, I've heard some of the interview by Kyle Shanahan where he was talking about, you know, obviously them having to, at this time of the year, they have to leave their families behind because their families have to stay there because of the new protocols with the NFL and COVID. And they they have to stay in Arizona. They don't get to come back and forth. They are moving now to Arizona for the rest of the season. So that it's going to, I agree. I think it's going to be tough on them. Maybe it's a rallying cry, which would obviously be great for them. Maybe they can rally together and, and get, uh, get a couple wins. I don't see it happening though. This oh, week. I think they can rally and get some wins, you know, when they start playing division games, like what we saw with the Rams. I just think Buffalo is a little better team. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it happening this week. I, I'm taking the bills and I assume you yep. are as well. Taking the bills. All right, then the Tuesday night football game, the three and eight Dallas Cowboys at the six and five Baltimore Ravens. Everything is looking. Oh, I'll save that for a minute. I'm sorry. Dallas looked like a mess on Thanksgiving. Uh, will the layoff help? Do you think this offense can get going, uh, even with their offensive line, which I think is the biggest thing, is all beat up again? Yeah, if they don't get some of those offensive line guys back, I, I don't think they will. Because even a somewhat depleted Ravens defense was making plays against a pretty good Pittsburgh offense on the road in Baltimore on Tuesday, you know, primetime Andy is not the best Andy. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly sort of interested if we could get primetime Andy against primetime Trace McSorley, Uh, that might make this game more interesting, but if Lamar Jackson comes back, God help the Cowboys. Uh, so that's the thing. I have bad news for you. Everything is pointing to he's going to be available to play. So it's yeah, that's come off as soon as Sunday. Well, if they yeah. would have made these guys actually play a game when they were supposed to play a freaking game. Yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, we talked very much about that last week. I thought that was a bunch of crap for Baltimore, but uh, I, you know, I'm with you. I, I think Amari Cooper's still good as much as it pains mm-hmm. me to admit that because he seems to be the one Andy Dalton goes to. The question is whether we start seeing more Pollard than Ezekiel Elliott, which is what makes me nervous about playing Elliott. You're still playing him, but I'm dropping him. Yeah, you have RB2 to. Category. I have him right now ranked at, I think, RB18 is what I have him at right now. I just, I, I don't know. I, I I love Zeke, obviously. He helped bring my Buckeyes to national championship. I, I don't know what to do with him. I just don't. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't trust him. I mean, it was it wasn't a great matchup last week, but I think it's fair to say this is an even worse one because Washington's defense is good. It's not as good as Baltimore's, like front line at least, and stopping the run. So yeah, I just yeah. again same thing as Kamara. You have to play him because he has the pedigree. He's an elite talent, but I just don't know. You can't expect him to get uh, if he gets you seven thing. points. I think you're happy at this point. I like Cooper, and he'll probably be okay. And you're still playing him too, but Andy Dalton has not ever in his entire career been good in primetime games. And well, it's a Tuesday night game though. So you could argue uh, it's not really prime time, you know, he's, he's especially not been good against Baltimore in primetime. You know, he probably has some flashback nightmares about those guys. All right, on Baltimore's side, uh, RG3 goes on the IR with the hamstring. Uh, the Ravens have still a lot of players on COVID, but Ingram Dobbins look like they'll be back, and obviously Lamar Jackson as well. With Lamar coming back, how do you think that changes the offense some? Do you, do you know, uh, we still don't, I don't think Andrews is coming back at all. I know he tested positive, positive. It sounds like he might be out for a little bit. So, 
You but trusting in Hollywood in that now? High I mean, risk category. Yeah, because of the dive. One dive dive. Yeah. Um, I am not trusting in Hollywood. No, uh, Lamar Jackson being back makes them uh, more dynamic, but that could also just be a lot more running. Um, there was some talk Willie Sneed could be back too. Um, which puts a wrinkle in there. The last time we saw Lamar Jackson out there, he had Hollywood Brown as an option and chose to throw to Des Bryant. So, um, you know, and let's be honest, Des Bryant would probably love nothing more than to have a nice game in primetime against the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd so, be loving throwing up that X if he can get a touchdown or two in this one. I'm sure Baltimore's going to have a fine game there. They're backs against the wall too they lose this game yeah. they probably are fading from the playoffs because you know if new england manages to win on sunday and gets to six and six new england would freaking jump baltimore if they lost because baltimore lost the head-to-head yeah. so they they they're five and five games back with having swept in their own division it's no lock they can catch Cleveland and it's no lock that they can overcome Cleveland on Monday night. They got you got to win the games that you're supposed to win and this is a game that they are supposed sure. to win. If they want any chance, they got to win this game. Yeah, and I, I I am going to pick them to win. I do think it will be a at least I hope it'll be a close game. We saw Dallas kind of take Pittsburgh to the wire. I think they could do that here again, uh, but I do expect Baltimore to win the game. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens. All right, so before we get out of here, we are going to talk Mandalorian. Uh, just to give the folks a minute in case they haven't watched last week's episode, uh, do you want to pull up our picks really quick and run through that since we didn't get a chance to do Thursday show? That'll give everybody a chance to kind of... Yeah. If you haven't seen The Jedi, which was last Friday's episode, we're going to talk about that. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. So if you haven't and you're leaving now, thank you for watching. We'll be back on Monday with obviously all the recaps and probably talking about uh, I'm sure the Pittsburgh game will actually be on while we're talking. And if any news changes for those games, we'll talk about those. So in a uh, podcast network, you were really good last week, 13 and three. So you actually increased your lead uh, 100, 117 for you. I'm next up at 109. My wife at 105. Dennis is 102. Ricky's been trying to pick a ton of upsets to make a comeback. And um, it's not he's, worth at 88. Yeah. he's hit 88 picks. Uh, but hey, you know what? When you get to that point in time in our uh, league chat. That's where it's actually getting a, a kind of interesting because of your spectacular week. And because of some uh, difficulties, you moved up into a tie uh, with a couple other people at 117. Justin continues to lead. He also got 13 right last week. He has uh, the lead at 121. So you're four picks back gotcha. with five weeks to play. So I think, you know, right in range, at least you got a shot. Well, I'm not even thinking about that, honestly. And I just go in and I'm just picking the games. If I, if not, hey, yeah. I'm happy for Justin. So I'm not, I'm not going to pull a Ricky. I'd like to at least finish second if possible. So I'm not trying to go in there and, and cause <clears throat> all it takes is one, you know, if he, if he would end up having like a, whatever, an eight and eight or whatever week this week, all of a sudden I, I get up right up there with him. So, all right, now time to talk Mandalorian. Obviously phenomenal episode, one of that we were all waiting for and, and getting to finally see Ahsoka Tano when, when her name was dropped just an episode ago. We were kind of like, okay, when are we going to get to see her? Uh, so what was your thought about it? Because it's obviously a very, while very interesting in some of the things that they threw out storyline-wise, we also got to see a lot of action as well with Ahsoka Tano and, of course, obviously uh, the Mandalorian as well, Mando, with the action that he brought to the episode. 
Yeah, and I, I loved Rosario Dawson. I thought she did a really nice job in the role. Um, I liked the more action-oriented episode. Uh, Dave Filoni wrote and directed that one. Um, I thought it really came through. Had some very kind of Akira Kurosawa feel to it. Some of that, uh, you know, even uh, you know the modern American equivalent to Seven Samurai is the Magnificent Seven. You know, you got that kind of gunslinger coming to to free the town in this case. The Jedi love the the white lightsabers. You know, uh, uh, it was interesting to me. I don't know if this is something that I, I just missed from something I didn't realize. Beskar was immune to a lightsaber. Yeah, I did not know that either. Until... I thought that was kind of cool. You know, yeah. you see Man- Mando, the, the lightsaber is coming. He puts his arm out, and I was like, oh my God, is he going to go full Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Like, oh no, his armor does it. And when that made it kind of interesting when she was fighting the uh, the lady who was running the town with that Beskar yeah. staff. Uh, and that was kind of cool to get handed off. Uh, but it was a huge uh, episode for learning a little bit about uh, our friend. Yeah, which I will say on the Beskar part, I, I guess it, in the end it makes sense if you you know kind of mm-hmm. connect the dots and the fact that the Mandalorians and the Jedi's have been like hated enemies, rivals for so long. So I guess it makes sense that the armor would be able to defend off lightsaber attacks because those two have been at odds for so long. But yes, we we finally get to learn baby yoda's name i i i enjoyed the hell out of that meme that i sent you where it has him saying the name that he goes baby yoda because that's what my son did all we we watched it with him because he's a big fan as well and we were like no so his name is grogu you have to call him grogu now he's like no his name's baby yoda i'm like all right you can just call him whatever you want but obviously we learn grogu is his name what do what do you think i i was not expecting i think that was probably like the biggest revelation we saw possibly Boba Fett. We get to see Ahsoka Tano. And no, getting his name, I think, is going to be the biggest thing we take from this season. I don't know that it ends up being the biggest thing we take from this okay. season. It was interesting to me to learn. Uh, I read a little bit afterward. They've actually known that was going to be his name since the first season. They told the cast that was going to be his name in the first season. Gotcha. And the uh, Favreau has said it has significance, which you will learn more about as we go through. So that makes me put it a little bit on pause. Initially, I was like, you had two years. And this is, yeah. you know, it was kind of fun, though, like when he finds his name and Mando says Grogu and he looks like, hey, you know, yeah. kind of people like it. It's like when you're when you get the dog from the pound and you finally figure out what its real name is and you know, they're so excited to respond. So that, that was kind of cool. A couple of things about that, that people have pointed out. So first of all, I, you saw the meme I sent you. She's like, I've only ever met one of his kind. Yaddle has got to be just pissed. Because I thought about it. I was like, Oh yeah. So Katana would have seen, because that was in that, you know, prequel movie, right? Forget about that. But then somebody, um, my friend, uh, another Matt, you know, all, all great maps think alike. Yeah. Watch the Mandalorian. His son pointed out, he's like, why doesn't his name start with a Y? Because the only ones we are seeing is Yoda and Yaddle. Yeah. You know, so that that's an interesting thing I hadn't thought about. I'm curious when they get to giving you some of the significance and why they have that name. It's not my my favorite name, but nothing was ever going to, you know, top little baby Yoda. I mean, yeah. and you knew Yoda wasn't going to be his name. And yeah. But it does also open the possibility, knowing that he was at the Jedi Temple and stuff, does reopen the possibility that he has some kind of familial connection to Yoda. 
Yeah. Because they would have been there together. He would have been part of the younglings. How did he escape? Um, I had other questions that are running through my mind. Like, is his kind of childlike, has he regressed a little bit? Because they said he was hiding who he was mm-hmm. as a, a means of protection. Because you think about the, the younglings, it, it indicated that he'd gone through some level of Jedi training. Yeah. Um, so, and we've also seen the only thing that makes me sort of nervous is you saw Ahsoka Tano saying, I won't train him because he has too much fear. And I've seen this turn and we've seen Grogu do some things like when he tried to choke out Cara Dune and yeah. I was like, please don't make him bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I could take it. You know, I don't, I, I was making a, when, when, uh, when Ahsoka Tano started talking about that, about how he's like hiding himself. So it almost made it sound like I was making a, I don't know if you've ever seen the 40 year old virgin, uh, but I made the joke uh, with my wife. So I was like, Where, so if you don't use it, you lose it. Like, I, I felt like I, I, I'm interested to see what happens with him. Because obviously she hints at taking him to the Jedi Temple, which I imagine we're probably going to see this season. You know, what What does that do for him? Is it, I'm very interested to see where they go with the storyline. Because we talked last week thinking maybe it was something where Grogu gets left with the Sokotano. And then maybe at some point he gets taken by... Um, God, why do I his yeah. name just I want to call him Moffat and that's not his name. Grand Moff Tar, uh, Grand yeah. Moff Gideon. Yeah, so if if maybe he gets taken by Moff Gideon and now we see that they're going to the Jedi Temple, so I'll be interested to see what happens with with Grogu moving forward. That's stuff that you just told me I did not know cuz I hadn't read anything about that, so that makes it even more interesting. Yeah, I can't really comment on your other thing because unlike unlike you I I might have woken up at 6:15 and thought why am I awake? Oh shit, my show is on. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I can't. Yeah. So I guess I've, I guess I'm about to find out something that uh, that I was yeah. just asking about. All right. Uh, so what did you think of the Sekatano? Because I'm with you. I love Rosario Dawson. Not only yeah. because she's extremely attractive, she's a phenomenal actress. I thought that she. It was like I no joke. I feel like they picked the perfect person to play her. Like she, she almost looked like the cartoon copy live on there. I thought she did an amazing job. You know, I hope. We get to see more of them. I'll, I'll just throw this in there as well. Do you hope that maybe we see a spinoff with, with her and Thrawn as well, possibly? Well, with, with so the that's, win? that's what they said, that they were planning a few spinoffs of The Mandalorian, gotcha. and a lot yeah. of people think that that was the backdoor pilot, um, and that's why they had Filoni do it, because obviously he introduced Ahsoka Tano and Thrawn yeah. in uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, and so I think that is a little bit where they're going. The question now for for our friend baby yodas at the end she leaves him and says you know you'll call out and another jedi will find you who is that yeah Jedi gonna be that got people really spinning some of the other ones that you've seen potentially in clone wars or are we gonna see a a luke skywalker you know are we gonna see something you know out of there and also the way it's tracking, they're they're gonna have to beat the empire again. Uh, yeah. I find that a little, you know, kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was an interesting line for me as well because you've also heard her and every a lot of other people, the Mandalorians, everybody has have hinted at this year that, or not this year, in this season that there are more Jedi out there. They're just hiding. And mm-hmm. and clearly we know that that's possible. So I'll be interested to see if it's someone from Clone Wars. Maybe it's another character they just decide to make. Or they for. just have the the Jedi Order video game, which is supposed to be canonical. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's characters in there. It could be uh, somebody brought up. You know, how do we know we? You know, Ahsoka Tano has been out there. We didn't see her. What if like Mace Windu didn't die? Yeah, uh, I think Mace Windu's dead. But well, that would be interesting. With um, I don't remember what his name is in the game. What? But you can't be sure. Uh, I mean, I can be pretty sure he's dead. Um, yeah, I think is it Cameron? What is his yeah. name? Because I have the game. It's uh, I can't remember what his name is either. But the Cameron is the name of the actor, Cameron Monaghan. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's a great actor. But they used him, and I've always wondered that if they used him and made the character look exactly like him in the game for something like this. So it would be interesting to see him trying to tie the larger canon, yeah, together. So. And this, I don't remember, because I'm not going to lie, I never beat the game. I've got, like, one more planet to go to, but it's in between uh, episodes three and four, because they're hunting the Jedi right now in the game. And if anybody has a planet, they're, they they have, like, this squad of, and they actually have another, um, I don't remember what her name is, it's been forever since I've played that game now, who is a, a Sith that works for Vader that is hunting down Jedi throughout the galaxy and killing them. And that's kind of what the game is about. He's trying to call out to other Jedis. In fact, some of the things you do is go to Jedi temples in this Uh, game. We know that too, from the sequel trilogy that in the intervening time between return of the Jedi and force awakens, Luke Skywalker restarted a Jedi Academy and tried to get the Jedi order going again. That was part of what led to his fallout with Ben. Yeah. So it'll be interesting if they bring him. I I would love it because I would love for them to kind of tie all that in together. As you just mentioned, will they bring in somebody else again? I, I I thought it was a great episode. I can't wait. I've got two hour, two and a half hours now is at seven o'clock my time. So she's home at nine 30 and that's our goal for the night. So I I can't wait. It's only like 30 minutes. I've I've kind of gotten used to it now. I wish they were an hour long, but or at least if they're going to be thirty minutes, give us sixteen episodes instead of eight. Like I'd love that too, but I guess it is what it is. When you've got something good, you can't you know beggars can't be choosers, and I, I can't wait. So what what do we have left? Is it two more episodes after tonight's or today's yeah. episode? Yeah, this is six. Uh, this is fourteen technically, but yeah, you know. So can't wait. I mean, and again, hopefully we get. What did they? It's been a year pretty much since they released every one, right? Because the last one came out last October. So I would imagine they'll probably do the same thing again. We probably won't see season three until next October, would be my guess. Yeah, probably. And let's hope it stays on track because luckily they had started filming for this and had gotten a lot of the filming done prior to the pandemic hitting last year, which is one of the reasons this is one of the few kind of big shows like this that stayed on track. So let's hope. Yeah. They're able to stay on track. Uh, you know, they've definitely done better than the Marvel shows. We were supposed to have seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. by now. We were supposed to have seen WandaVision by now. We were supposed to have seen Hawkeye and his daughter by now. And it looks like WandaVision finally going to drop in January. Yeah. Well, I think WandaVision is the easiest because I think they had already almost finished that. The biggest thing with, I know, Falcon and Winter Soldier was they were filming in South America for the most part. I think it was like Black Europe. Gotcha. Yeah. I just, I remember when they were filming it, like they were, I remember they, I can't remember how much, I know they were saying like they were almost halfway through and then COVID hit and like they had to get everybody out of there because they were closing the country down. So, I mean, there's not much you can do about that, but. 
Well, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to to go watch the episode tonight. Then I I, I want to watch it without my wife, but if she found out, she'd kill no, me. You, so, you know. No, you shouldn't. Yeah, so yeah. I'm excited to watch that. Obviously, for those of you who stayed watching, thank you again. You guys always, if you're big Mandalorian fans, feel free to comment. There's a bunch of you still watching. So, I mean, feel free to comment if you guys are fans. We, 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 we will interact with you on that too, not just fantasy football, but – we will be back on Monday to recap all of the games. Obviously, we'll have a game in, I would imagine. I'm pretty sure the Steelers game will be on while we're recording Monday. Yeah, because so. I think it starts at like 4 Eastern or 3 yeah, so Eastern. We'll, we'll talk about that as obviously the game is going on. Hopefully, Deontay Johnson has a good game and carries my one biggest team that I want to still make the playoffs into the playoffs. Uh, good luck to everybody in this final week of the fantasy football regular season and we will talk to you guys again on monday go dead prepare for glory i don't know if you got your popcorn ready do you got your popcorn ready i came out the wrong line ready and he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown i would be honored if you played football for this team throw it up above his head they can't jump with me golly only tackle them before you who can make a play I can't! Who can make a play?